like you know um you know like a if you got a like an english bulldog like a cartoon english bulldog <laughs> and then turned it into a person yeah that's him with a mustache like, with a with a mustache yeah mm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, sorry, sorry, okay. Jason. I I, inter- I interrupt you there because I've just been getting I've been getting de- getting deep into into the into this deep guy. into the Mike Lindell. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, before we get off of it, the one thing I did want to mention about the Rudy tweet, which is like really just like the the piece de resistance, is that he tried to he said it to where you can only reply if you follow if uh, if Rudy yes. follows or mentions you, um, which mm-hmm. means. That when people do that, it just creates this like Barbra Streisand effect because it means that everybody's just going to be quote tweeting your dumbass tweet, mm-hmm. which means more yeah. people are going to see it than if you had just left replies open yeah. and people just had a good time in your replies, then no one else is going to see it. But now everybody's going to yeah. see it. Well, this is, yeah, this is like part of this broader question I have about like why... And actually, this is a good segue to the next segment, just thinking about it now. But like, yeah, the question about like, well, the usefulness of necessarily um turning off your replies uh like and making i I don't know unless you're someone who just like never checks your quote tweets which in which case like you kind of admire you've mastered the level of zen that i admire but i will never be able to replicate myself (laughs) it just feels kind of counterintuitive to like let people sort of like display you to their rabid publics then just open the floodgates for a very short time on your own mm. um it feels like one of those things that like twitter didn't really sort of think too much about when they put in which means and like i'm very glad you guys didn't say anything because of a segue uh there was a guy that could have fixed this and sadly uh <laughs> he, he will no longer be able to da, 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 da. um yeah we are on this and we are talking about uh at least for this little for a little bit um one elon musk um we haven't Never spoken about elon for a little bit yeah, this just is like a new guy, guy to me. Uh, <laughs> we'll do a guy. Yeah. We'll do a guy uh, exchange. I bring you Mike Lindell. Yeah. You bring me Elon Musk. Yeah. Okay. So I'll bring you this guy who you've <laughs> never heard of before. This guy called Elon Musk. Um. So last time we spoke about Elon, I can't remember exactly what we said, but like it was in the midst of like, uh, him trying to buy Twitter and like he had sort of let this go. He he'd sort of been letting this linger for a while. He still is sort of letting it linger, but. His um like his thing was we can't really do the deal because I think that Twitter has a problem with spam bots. And he did some very funny tweets that where he was like, Oh yeah, we can test for spam bots by like um you know, I'm not a data scientist by any means. So Jason, please like in the like uh please like uh, elaborate if like I've got this wrong. Um but he wanted to do this type of sampling where he got like a hundred random users, isolated a certain amount, then tested the other amount. And then would determine how many spam bots were were there based on that random sample. And like, I don't know, again, I'm not a data scientist. I'm not someone who's like good at maths or anything, but like it didn't, doesn't really make any sense. Clearly even with neither my basic is knowledge Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so it felt like a very weird thing, but it also just sort of felt like this was distracting from the idea that like Elon had kind of. Um, so I, I mean, okay, before we sort of, before Jason, you explain to us what's actually going on. The impression that I got were two things. First of all, the one is one situation might've just been that Elon kind of took the bit a bit too far. 
Um, so he was kind of like a power user, like a power Twitter user, someone who kind of was a little bit more engaged with aspects of like Twitter, some Twitter culture than like his contemporaries. Um, so giving off the impression that he really loved the website and loved the community and everything, uh, saying that he wanted to buy Twitter in order to fix it, but realizing like ultimately having no intention to do that kind of just wanted to like get some attention and then got a bit too deep into it. The second thing, um, and I read this, uh, I think on Fortune magazine while I was like researching the notes, was that this was all part of an elaborate plan to offload Tesla stock, um, for which like he's been in trouble in for quite a while. So to begin the segment, Jason, like, um, even though this is the first time you've ever heard of Elon Musk, can you please tell us like <laughs> what your read of this was, like what was going on, um, and why we ended up in this situation where Elon has kind of ostensibly said that he's pulling out of the deal, but Twitter have kind of been like, no, because you've relied so much on outside financing, like we are now going to like, we're preparing to take you to court and to force you to buy us. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I hate to be put in a position of explaining all this nonsense in large part because like I have tried not to follow it, soup the minutia of it super closely, but through osmosis, it's impossible not to in part because some of the financial journalists who I do read regularly, um, people like Matt Levine, who does the money stuff column at Bloomberg, um, which is a, a, a daily or a week daily um, column uh, on, on the kind of all things uh, absurdity of finance. And he's been obsessed with this. So I've been reading about it through his his column. Um, but I mean, you've you've really you've summed it up in terms of the deal, right? Like the, you know, Elon Musk was going to uh, buy Twitter at a stock price of $54.20, uh, so $54.20, mm. because he loves the, the weed number and the sex number. Um, and and oh, <laughs> he does See, also what, love sex, so and he loves having he loves he lo not he, pulling he, he out does. during he, sex. He loves he loves nutting in women. Like <laughs> you can't, yeah. like like legally, he can't even get us for that because he just loves it. It's I don't like know hobby. if yeah. if he's uh, my man either has super sperm and or a breeding kink because he continually has twins and triplets with women. I do not. I know with his wife, his first wife, who he had twins and triplets with, it was through IVF. But this new woman who works for Neuralink, um, who he had, uh, uh, who he just had twins with, did he make her go on IVF before they had sex? Just to like, <laughs> like I do not know. That's, that's a that's a that's a that's a real. Uh, that's a real breeding king. If you if you're, if <laughs> yeah, you're introducing def, yeah. IVF into the proceedings, and uh, honestly, I'm not like I am. I am very very hungover, and I if I think too much about Elon Musk's kinks, then I am gonna throw up. So I think maybe we could possibly get could possibly get off that. But what I think is interesting about about Elon Musk is that is that he sort like all he wants is the respect of weird of like weird twitter mm. who isn't even a kind of culturally determinative block anymore like not like not really they've either they're either writing tv shows or they have book deals or um or they kind of or they kind of got <laughs> or they kind of got like you know that kind of weird semi-radicalization where you're like i don't are you joking i don't know if you're joking i I'd have to know a lot about you as a person to know whether or not you're joking, and I don't care to find that out. So I'm just going to assume <laughs> that you've sort of gone, sort of gone peculiar. But he is—he is at heart a Reddit mm. 
mm. man. Because he is, because this is something we talked about uh, on the Quora episode with, with Milo, about how there's a very particular uh, um, sort of time capsule effect on Reddit. So it's not only is it developed, like, like every, so every posting arena develops its own norms and its own conventions and its own, and its own vocabulary. But in terms of its stagnation, Reddit is really is really the is really the king. Like, because everyone on it is spiritually fourteen, mm-hmm. and everyone on it writes like it's two thousand and nine. So even when they're trying to, even when they're making a joke about not using not using kind of entirely contemporary ways of expressing themselves, it's still. It still it still comes off that way, and this is what and this is what Musk is. So, like, obviously, like the the reason that he wanted to buy Twitter was because he wanted a gigantic, multi-user, controllable mouthpiece to spread his ideas to um to find new uh, new recruits for his ideas. I mean, I, I don't, I actually, I don't think that. Elon Musk is a fascist. I think he is a very, very dumb guy who is easily persuadable of fascist ideas mm. because fascist ideas are, he's actually one of the few people on earth who fascist ideas are, are, set, up to, are set up to benefit. So obviously, if some fascist slides over to him and is like, you know what, how, how do you feel about this? And he's gonna go, yeah. This does sound good and fine. Like I don't, I don't think, I don't think it comes from a core malevolence. Well, you can take the boy out of the South African emerald mine, but you can't take the South <laughs> yeah. African emerald mine out of the boy. <laughs> <laughs>